following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my very special co- uh, guest co-host, uh, the baddest bear in the booty shorts, Bear Fiora. G'day, welcome to the show. What a comment that was, and also very undescriptive. I love it. Thank you for having me on again. No problem. Well, you, you are. You're, you're, you run around in those little booty shorts to punch people. That's what they're called, right? Booty shorts? I, I guess uh, anywhere outside the context of, of a cage or an arena, yes, they'd be considered the booty shorts. He wears these bright red, white, and blue American flag booty shorts to go punch people. So I, I don't know how that sounds to anyone that doesn't know you're an MMA fighter. Yeah, and not, not even professionally either. Uh, I just go around the city doing it for funsies. Oh, great. That's what you need to put out there. What happens if someone believes you? Uh, Darwin Award. <laughs> All right, so we have a whole lot going on in the news right now, especially in the Hollywood world. Um, the biggest story that seems to be to be dominating is still the Meghan Markle thing, which I thought would be over by now. Yeah, you know, I got to admit, I was more on her side to begin with, and... As more and more news is coming out, they've already admitted to fibbing about their wedding. There's a lot of other places they can be discredited. I'm kind of leaning more 50-50. It's hard to see uh, where this is all going to turn out for both Harry and Meghan. I think the biggest problem for them, and I think what they're going to find, I mean, if I was their publicist, I'd have pooped a chicken. I feel really bad for their publicist. The, the problem is a lot of what they're saying, like a man in his 30s being upset that his dad's not financially supporting him in a time when people are dying from COVID and can't get jobs, a little bit tone deaf. Um, but I think that the biggest thing for me was her saying that Archie couldn't get a title because of his race and he's actually not entitled to one. There was a law put through in 1917 Uh, saying that the great-grandchildren of the monarch will not get a prince or princess title. So Archie would automatically become a prince or have it granted to him when Prince Charles became king, but not by uh, Queen Elizabeth. And that's not new. That wasn't created for Archie. That's tradition. So I'm not sure, like, if she meant something else, because what she said kind of flew in the face of, of convention so i was a little shocked by that uh but i do have to say if someone said something racist my money's on princess michael yeah i remember we talked about that last week too where she was the most likely candidate to be uh at least directly racist to megan or to anyone in the family of color which was now very publicly heard about is numerous numerous people in the royal family are of color and of different different ethnicities 
Um, yeah, they're yeah, finding she'd certainly that be the one to do it. They're finding out more and more of the aristocracy is now coming forward and saying, well, hang on, we've joined it and it's not like that. So I found that really, really interesting. I think Megan came into it with an entirely, you know, she came into it thinking this is the next biggest step in my life. Uh, and she's kind of playing it up like a drama queen a little bit. You know, when it comes to the other royal members of the family, they kind of took it in strides and took it as this is now a new life. I have chosen to do this or they already were brought up uh, as royalty themselves and have become accustomed to this lifestyle. So she, she comes off a little ignorant of what she should have done to begin with. Cause what this marriage has only been uh, a year, year and a half to no, probably I think 2018 what was, was the date. I could be mistaken about, on about, that. Yeah. She's, she's been in for about two years. I think the weirdest part well, she said no one offered advice. The queen actually gave her a specific advisor to help her, who was the queen's advisor uh, on how to essentially give, gave her duchess lessons. And then she took lessons on top of it at, at a finishing school herself. And the woman that taught her has come out and said this isn't true. And then, of course, there's the incident with uh, Meghan Markle throwing uh, tea in the face of the the English, uh, the, the Australian... Uh, assistant at government house. So I, I'm really, I don't know how much of the rebuttal is true and how much is, is spin. Um, but when you look, there's a woman she married into uh, the English aristocracy. Her name is Rose. Um, she was the CEO and founder of Screen Hits. She married a British aristocrat. She is absolutely amazing. Amazing, really incredible woman. Uh, and she kind of came out and, and defended the English aristocracy and said, no, 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 this is just not how it is. I married in and it's, it's very, very different. So I think it's interesting. We've had a couple of Punjabi people that have married into the aristocracy and closer to the royal family. We've had this, this gorgeous um, and very accomplished Rose Howells, uh, woman talking about it so i'm finding less of what Meghan markle said credible than i did in the beginning like i was very sympathetic towards her for a second yeah i can get where you're where you're coming from and i i think from more of an american perspective uh i say that as if you're not in our country currently living here i'm so sorry about that from my perspective as a person who never really paid attention to the royal family or the aristocracy or anything that goes on in their lives to suddenly be bombarded with all this controversy and all these different stories. I, my immediate role is to take to the side of the person, uh, uh, to the um, American side crying for help, saying, oh, this is unfair, this is what they've done to me. And a lot of it they're not actually responding to. This is super interesting and a really good tactic, I might add, the royal family isn't directly responding to anything. They're basically saying, no. oh, we didn't know. We'll look into it. But everyone else, all like you said, the, uh, the teacher Megan had when she was going through finishing school, the uh, our arch, archbishop, I could be saying that wrong. Of Canterbury. It's the archbishop that whole, of Canterbury. Said that whole wedding thing. Yeah, yeah, the, the whole wedding thing was, was a fraud, how that wasn't actually a real thing. They only had the one real wedding. So they're playing it smart. They're not getting involved, invested as much, but they're letting all the side characters kind of get their individual spotlights, picking apart one piece at a time of Megan's story. And that's what's starting to ruin the credibility for me, that if 
enough of this was significantly true, uh, these people wouldn't be coming out of the woodwork so rapidly. And there also is a small, you can probably argue, play devil's advocate for uh, Megan's side, saying how the uh, British royal family or the parliament are kind of putting these people on to try and contest uh, and try and push off, you know, try to say that, oh, it's actually, okay, go ahead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Hollywood itself is a really small industry. One of the comments that was made about Meghan Markle before she married Prince Harry um, was that she tends to use people. It was made by other men that had been engaged to her. You know, she, she has been married twice. She had one annulled uh, and one divorce and then a third engagement. And each time the guy has been kind of a social step up. Um, what I, I think I found so interesting with it was Harry made the comment, you know, I had my mother's money. Well, that, that money was his mother's, but it was given to her by the queen. Uh, and the $5 million that Meghan Markle came into her marriage with was from a divorce settlement. So I found it very, very interesting. You know, it's the way they're spinning this and some of it's clever and often remain silent and carry on is, is a very European way of doing things. Australians do it very much the same way. So I might be partial there. And I do have to say, I'm very much a monarchist. Um, but I was really excited when he married her because my thought was someone from the entertainment industry would have the know-how on how to deal with the press. And she's already had her career, so she's not after her 15 minutes. And I was sorely disappointed um, because I know, I know women in the aristocracy and I know women in the entertainment industry and I know women that have gone from the entertainment industry to the aristocracy and vice versa. But I've never seen anyone create as much damage so quickly as, as Meghan Markle did. And what I found most interesting watching her was how much she mimicked Diana. Like, it, it was borderline chameleon uh, the way she did it. And it wasn't by mistake. This woman is, you know, she's, she's a professional. She mimicked the head movements. She mimicked the behaviors. She mimicked a lot of these things. And I, I think I found it really, really sad. Uh, one of her friends had come out and said, you know, on her first date with uh, Harry, he, she wore Diana's perfume. And she's really trying to sell herself now as the new Lady Diana. Now, I know a lot of this can be spin, but there's points that it's not. The point that you say, well, I never even Googled uh, Harry. So you're an idiot. Your argument is you are so stupid, you stepped into a position without ever asking anyone what it is, or you're saying that your husband is such a dreadful husband that he didn't even discuss this with you. So I, I find the whole thing horrific, really. It was put on poorly. That's the best thing to say. If they had numerous credible things to say, like, for instance, the whole racist conversation, I believe the Princess Michael of uh, Kent. Kent. I believe that. Yeah. that. That, to me, comes across as viable. But they should not have gone on to say all the other silly things, even offhanded. She, she came across almost uh, nervous during the interview and kind of like she was, she was reaching to for mimic, what she was going to say. She was say. trying to mimic Diana. The behavior was she's an actress. She was trying to mimic Diana and not well, by the way. 
But I think what caught me was there were real credible things that were, that were said that have now been drowned out because she lied so much. And so real credible conversations about race and aristocracy and monarchy and things that should have been had are never going to be had ever because of her. And I am at least in this situation and I am disgusted that she took real situations. And that's the problem when people lie. If you take a real situation, I do it in press all the time. It's how you spin. You take a real situation and you pepper it, you change it. But by doing this in the situation she has, she's, she's blown an opportunity. So it's disappointing. We have to yeah. go to break. When we come back, we're going to be chatting a little bit more about what's going on in Hollywood, about Hollywood back to work, and a whole lot more about uh, Meghan Markle and Prince Harry and the weirdness here. If you want to talk to us, you know, hit us up on Twitter. We've got very, very special guests today. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my special guest co-host, Bear Fiorda, and we'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my special guest co-host, the baddest bear in the cage, Bear Fjorda. How you doing, hon? Perfectly well, and looking forward to uh, our guest today. So am I. She'll be on in about 15 minutes. We'll be on with Kenya Kelly. She is well-known on TikTok. She talks about PR. She talks about how to get big. So if you follow her trips and her tri- trips, her trips, her tricks and tips how did that why was that so difficult for me to say (laughs) uh fair enough but back to what we were talking about earlier i did think of an interesting point in regards to the Meghan markle thing uh she seems to be constantly seeking that 15 minutes of fame you mentioned it for just a moment but if you look back 
each time she had a divorce and she was in the news for some reason, it was the next level up, right? And basically she had her entry level guy. She moved on to the next person in power. Now this is a very dramatic shift in power as far as the world scale goes, but it's still one more level up. It's almost like she's not trying to seek out that Brad Pitt, that Jennifer Aniston level of fame where you're known uh, well across the world, period, for all of your work, but rather that new hot moment, the next big thing for just those 15 minutes. She likes to be the, the shiny new penny. Yeah, and constantly so. She never tries to be the, what, what do you say? What, what, what can I compare this to? The Declaration of Independence. It's not a shiny new penny, but people would literally die before anyone else touched it. She's not looking to get that, that uh, infamous is so wrong of a word, but that large-scale fame, that Beyonce fame. Uh, that many others aspire to. She just kind of wants to be the newest thing in the moment. And that's very interesting to me. I love that you use Declaration of Independence when we're talking about royals. Um, uh, now, <laughs> now, all that being said, again, I'm, I'm, I'm a monarchist. So, you know, I may be the wrong person to talk to here, but frankly, I find the whole situation embarrassing. I, I was really horrified that... That, that this whole situation is going on. I think something that we're going yeah. to have to realize, um, I know the my country and England seem to be like letting Harry off the hook. And I think everyone needs to realize he's not innocent in this. I know everyone's like, well, she's a narcissist. She's this, she's that, blah, blah, blah. Um, if she is, good luck to him. I hope he gets away. If she's not you'll have to realize he's part of what's going on too. It's not, it's not an accident. And so. No, I agree. Which is hard, I think, because he was one of the most popular Royals for a very long time. Um, but I think. Well, they were even I, I a think, popular. Sorry, go ahead. But I think the way they've handled things as well is, is pretty shameful. One of the things that came out was, you know, they were asked not to use Sussex Royal when they left, um, the, the employee essentially of the royal family, which is that's what the point of that title, that his or her royal highness is for working royals. It's not a hereditary title. It's given to people that are working. And I think the, uh, you know, the comments on their, their social media, well, the queen doesn't, you know, control the internet or have power over the rest of the world was, was horrifying to me coming from the Commonwealth the level of bad manners. So I don't know if it was them or whoever was in charge of their social media, but I found the whole situation embarrassing. I, it's, it's incredibly embarrassing. If, if nothing else, it was embarrassing because their poor performance and now response thereafter when they, when they both gave that interview and overall as a whole, I mean, you mentioned how they were, uh, how Harry was one of the more popular Royals. And at one point they thought that the couple being so powerful and so, uh, attractive to both Eng mm -hmm. English and Americans and everyone in the, in the uh, Commonwealth that they would outshine the, the soon to be King and Queen in their, in their uh, brother uh, and sister by law or by blood in Harry's case. And so that's not uncommon. That race. happens. That happens. Sometimes the most popular Royals aren't the ones in line and that's not a bad thing. 
No. And in fact, I'd argue that it was a beautiful setup. I mean, if you had that level of fame, you had the name you could associate with. Yes, there were rules you had to follow, but you could have set this up to do so much more because as, as William and Kate took the throne, these other two would kind of fade more and more into obscurity like Queen Elizabeth's sister did. Not that she would ever be forgotten, but just... Actually, she, she didn't. She, she spent her time... Stop. Okay, I'm going to tell all Americans... The crown is fiction. That's not how that works. Stop quoting Helena Bonham Carter. Um, that's <laughs> I'm not, not how that works. Of that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Right, I know. On, I know on, you watched me. it because because I watched it with you. Um, something that I think people miss is these. Sometimes the secondary royals, uh, royals that are not you know going to be the king and queen, have a lot of power because they're allowed to have the freedom to touch on organizations that mean more to them and they don't have to be as diplomatic as say um, Kate and William would have to be. So they could have done more with their power and more for people by helping that institution. And if they felt there was a problem with the institution, they could have fixed it. They had the power to make real change if there was a problem. And I think what, what really bothered me is if there was a mental illness issue, um, Harry saying, you know, well, I was embarrassed uh, is, is horrifying because a lot of what's coming out is I think that just Harry's a terrible husband. Um, but, you know, if, if there was a mental health issue or if there's an issue of racism, sitting there and going, but we're not going to say who said it, just kind of throws everyone in the royal family under the bus. And if there is a problem, it's something that should be discussed. And when you take things like that and then you add in things that aren't true, I know everyone's calling them untruths. I believe the word, there is a word for untruths. It's called lies. Um, when you throw lies in, like with the marriage thing and all of that, uh, you take real issues, real moments of change, real moments that could have made a difference and you drown them out. You take away your chance for a fix because people don't believe you because of your behavior. And that's kind of my problem with the way they've handled it. And if I was their publicist, I'd be pooping a chicken. Um, there, there, there comes to a point where if you're not being truthful on this one thing, uh, loyalists especially are going to drown you out on everything. So any good they could have done, they're, they're kind of blown by lying. And it's interesting yeah, that I, Harry didn't say the stuff that's coming out as lies or they're calling them untruths. The word is lies. There are no alternative facts. <laughs> there are not untruths. It's a lie. Either way. You have to I soften said it with your Trump. language. You have to soften it. No, I'm sorry. I, I find it a real problem. When Trump was in office, I had a problem with them calling it alternative facts or mistruths. They're not. They're lies. There's a word for mistruths and alternative facts. They're called lies. Um, and when it comes to my monarchy and my government, and I feel, I feel the same. It doesn't matter who's saying it. An untruth is still a lie. You can try and soften it if you want, but it's just, it is a duck is a duck. Um, so I think, I think a real opportunity has been missed because of their nonsense. By adding the nonsense in, they took away the ability to, if there is an institutional problem, to really help it. And that really bothers me because they could have made a difference 
and had the lies not been mixed in with what I'm sure are some truths, I believe her when she says she felt um, suicidal. But on the flip side, she's like, well, you know, I never left the house. Here's the problem. She's photographed consistently out. That's why she was oversaturated. I believe they said she was oversaturated because she was always out. She flew to the United States for baby showers. They did a whole side-by-side on every month she was out four or five times. They have photos of it. So as soon as she said it, it became a lie. Now, the flip side of that is if they'd turn around and say, uh, her publicists definitely need to handle this and say, well, it felt that way. You can say something is your truth, but because something is your truth doesn't make it the truth. And dealing in PR and dealing with what I deal with specifically, like you get busted with a hooker or you want to be famous. I'm the person you call. Um, when, when it comes down to those kind of behaviors, you can't justify it. And that's the problem. You can't justify those kind of lies. And that's when you run into a problem. And then you know, everything it, that people yeah, throw ahead. the baby out with the bathwater. They do. They throw the baby out with the bathwater. And by her telling the lies she did, her really valid statements are being tossed out. Well, because they become next to irrelevant at that point. Once you give, when you're trying to convey a point, once you give your opposition an edge anywhere, you're wrecked. That's why a lot of times when it comes to both, when it came to Trump and when it comes to Biden now, very heavily scrutinized, looking at anything they can to latch onto. So regardless of what was true, what isn't true, I mean, there's a story that came out today that everyone was upset that Biden got through today's first uh, conference, presidential conference, with a what they're calling a cheat sheet, which can otherwise be called as notes he would have prepared to actually sound coherent. But... Because it existed, it was fire for the opposition. And that's exactly what she did. If she wanted to provide a point that, oh, hey, there's racism, there's unfairness, they're they're scrutinizing me in in the public and the papers for no reason, it doesn't matter anymore if you're not going to be 100% upfront and not, as you say, not lie about any aspect of what you're talking about. That's the problem. When you touch on something that is this important, and has this big an impact, you need to be transparent. And her dishonesty caused has caused the problem where real things that should have been handled and could have been talked about have been drowned out by the fact that she lied so much. And that doesn't change the fact that you have, you know, um, Prince Andrew who was involved with a pedophile. It doesn't change the fact that you have Princess Michael of Kent who has been known... Um, for saying that people put more thought into breeding their dogs than they do the people they let their children breed with and wore blackamoor jewelry, which was horrifying, uh, to, to go meet um, the Duchess of Sussex. So I think that there are real problems and real things that should have been discussed that have now been drowned out because it's coming from Meghan Markle and she's been so dishonest. I'd actually very much, if we're going to talk about the aristocracy, um, like to have Rose Howells address it. She is a member of the aristocracy. Um, She's hugely successful. Um, She grew up in Santa Monica 
and she married a British aristocrat. And I think she's wonderful. So I think if we're going to have a voice on that and on the system, she's who I'd like to hear from because she doesn't have that history of dishonesty. So I'd really like to hear more from her. Um, I'm Sarah Helene. We are on with my special guest co-host, Bear Fjorda, and we'll be right back with our very, very, very special guest, uh, Kenya Kelly, right after this. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. Listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my special guest co-host, Bear Fjord, the baddest bear in the cage. And our guest today, Kenya Kelly. You guys asked to have her back. You had a whole bunch of questions we didn't get to last time. Uh, and we will get to some of them today, not all of them. I promise we'll take some questions if we have time. Kenya, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. So I have to say, everyone's been talking kind of about the Meghan Markle thing uh, everyone was asking on Twitter, um, you know, they were talking about it during the break and everything. What do you think about that, about what's going on? There? Um, so, I mean, I think that there's lots of different things that are going on. Uh, but when I think about, like, I remember when they, we, they first announced that he was dating her, I said, oh, she's going to have some trouble on that side of the water uh, because she's she's brown. I mean, she's light skinned, but she's brown. And so then when he proposed, I was like, this poor girl is about to deal with, you know, because we deal with a lot of stuff, like, privately. And so now, you know, so when I watched her interview, I was like, yeah, some of it may or may not be true. But I was like, she probably may not be telling everything because I know what we deal with on a daily basis. 
Well, I think, yeah, see, it, and I think that's something, um, I think the, like, I feel really bad for her, but on the flip side, the, the, the conversations that could come from her, that could come from the way she's treated, like, uh, are, you, are you familiar with Rose House? No, uh-uh. Okay, she's um, an Af- she's a African American woman. She married into the English aristocracy. Um, she is uh, a CEO. She created Screen Hits TV. She married a British aristocrat. Gorgeous, gorgeous woman. Um, now she actually jumped out and and just put out an article jumping on the Duchess of Sussex, and said, you know, I married into the English aristocracy, and and kind of I echoed her a little bit in the show. Um, she came from uh, Santa Monica. She grew up in Santa Monica. She's an American uh, girl that married into the English aristocracy like four years ago, five years ago. And the the big hullabaloo was she said there are real systemic problems with race and those aren't going to be addressed because of all the other crap that Meghan and Harry dragged into it by complaining about the dad cutting them off, by complaining about all this other shit, excuse my language, um, the important stuff is being ignored. And I think, um, and I think something that, that happens in Europe is that happens a lot. And I think that happens in a lot of places where important conversations get ignored because of all the minutiae. I think that happened here with the Black Lives Matter movement. Everyone started screaming about everything else and somehow, it became this Antifa argument, all this other crap, when it was very, mm-hmm. very, very simple, which is this matters or it doesn't. Yeah. And we, I mean, honestly, we deal with that every single day. You know what I mean? And so, like, even with George Floyd, it was like the truth was he basically he was murdered and it was recorded. But what the yes. media and all of them pushed on was, oh, the $20 bill or he had drugs in the system. And it's like, no, no, no. Let's look at the facts. Like, he would not be dead That's if, it. you know, this didn't happen. And so with Megan and them, I'm sure that, and then even even not like Oprah, she did what she did. She pulled out the questions she wanted to pull out. And they aired oh. what they wanted to air, like an hour and a half of it. But I think I heard it was like a three-hour, um, it was a three-hour interview. So it was. I think that Oprah and them, they, 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 they pounced on the things that would do good for ratings, um, which so, some of it was good for them, and then some of it was not. I had a, a friend of mine that, that worked on, uh, that works over at CBS, and she said a lot of what Oprah specifically wanted to cut out was unverifiable information. So anything mm-hmm. that couldn't be verified, they wanted out because she felt, again, Oprah's uh, love Oprah, uh, felt it was an important conversation to have. Yeah. And um, so she tried to cut out what was unverifiable. The problem, I think, is she didn't really... I don't think Oprah or CBS even understood, like, English aristocracy. Um, So I think there's a bit of a disconnect across the board. And I Mm -hmm. wish... I really wish, like, uh, are you familiar with Princess Michael of Kent? No, uh-uh. I don't know much. The only people I know is Megan and Harry and uh, Kate and, you know, the other dude. Okay. Okay, Princess Michael of Kent. Um, <laughs> Kate and what, what's, what's a polite way of, uh, of saying uh, fucking piece of trash? Is there a polite way of saying that? <laughs> um, no, you shouldn't have to try and make that polite. She's racist like as all hell. Everyone. She is. Uh, every, so I can tell you who in, the, who in the royal family would have said it. Princess Michael of Kent, 
uh, has wore a blackamoor brooch, which is a type of jewelry that shows, um, you know, black people from the colonial view. It's oh, awful. Uh, to a lunch with the Duchess of Sussex. She also said that people care more about who they breed their dogs with than who their children breed with. She is racist trash. But um, so if, if anyone wow. said anything like that, it would have been her um, mm-hmm. without, without question. The problem is these things do exist. There's the issue with like Prince Andrew being involved with Epstein and all of that. And mm-hmm. what the... What, what, uh, where I got really angry actually with Meghan Markle and with Harry, who was my favorite royal, um, was with all the minutiae and stuff they put out. These conversations now aren't being had. People are having the conversation mm-hmm. about did they get married early? Well, no, they didn't. You know, the, the, the head of the Church of England came out and said that was a lie. And so all this other stuff that they said, trying to dress it up, because, you know, you want to fluff it and make things exciting yeah. romantic and she's she's an actress she's gonna puff that's what she does that's her job the problem with her puffing this means that all the important stuff got buried by the bull so mm. i think it frustrated me a little bit uh, we have a question for you on tw- uh, on twitter um as a woman of color do you find it difficult to navigate today's landscape with it being so divided? That was a very good question. I need to respond to that and say very good question to them. And that question's for you, Kenya. For sure. So prior to 2020, I would say I've done a really good job of it. Um, But once 2020 hit, well, it sounds kind of bad. I'm not against Donald Trump whatsoever, but there's something about him and the way he did what he did, the way he was doing what he was doing vocally um, something seemed to unleash. I had way more non-white people, non-people of color coming at me with like craziness than ever. Like somebody approached me in the grocery store about the Ku Klux Klan. And I'm like, what? Do you what? know I could pop you in the throat right now? Um, but like <laughs> something happened. Sorry, I didn't hear that. That's some bullshit. Sorry. Yeah. But like, so it's kind of like something happened and I'm not Democrat or Republican, but something happened when he started to just be vocal about all the things he was vocal about. And so it just got harder and harder and harder. And then when 2020 came about, I find myself dealing with anxiety and I have a really bubbly SpongeBob like personality to where every time I would go somewhere, my white friends would invite me. I would start going. And after a while they just kept came coming up with the BLM thing, like making it political, like cornering me, wanting to talk about all this stuff. And I just kind of went like, oh, man, so I'm not going to be able to go out and connect with people like where I normally could have. And so it's been way more challenging in life than it ever has been. And I'm still trying to navigate that. I think the thing I found most interesting, and again, this is from a foreigner's perspective. I was on the phone with my dad and he called me and he's like, hey, what the fuck's going on in America? I said, what do you mean? He said, how the fuck is it a question if, if someone's life matters? How has this become political? I'm like, don't ask me. Mm-hmm. Like, don't, don't, don't ask me that question. I, I don't understand. And so I get phone calls yeah. from my family in Australia. Like, how is this a question there? What the hell's going on with that country? And the best thing I heard actually was from my dad. He said, once you give the crazy a platform, once they get out and breathe, you can't get them back in the box. Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's even look at TikTok, the algorithms designed to favor white people. 
always white women mm-hmm. specifically. It's mm-hmm. it's really it's really really shocking. And now for you, how do you you've got a huge following on TikTok? You do really well. You tell people how to get big on TikTok. You give them advice. Um, how do you deal with that? Because the algorithm is against you. Um, so I think that when I first got on TikTok, I didn't really believe that, you know, so I just kept producing content. It wasn't until I started working with my non-people of color, my clients and watching their content blow all the way up. And I did the exact same thing. And I was like, Oh, something is happening here. And these are people that had like no followers and I have 400,000. And so I mentally and emotionally had just had to check out from what is happening with the algorithm and just produce great content. Because otherwise, I, it would make me not post anymore. And so I was just like, <clears throat> I've like navigated living in the world for the last 40 years, dealing with this exact same thing. And so it's like, well, TikTok is no different. TikTok is like everything else I've had to navigate. Yeah. It's funny. We, we bring up TikTok right now. Some, you know this already. I actually found an audio uh, posted by posted by a gentleman, and he was advocating they pull it down because it was incredibly racist. Like it would have been it would have been an awful song to produce and play in the fifties and sixties. Uh, maybe mm. so, maybe more acceptable then, but still. And it was on TikTok. It's got thousands of people making videos about it. A lot of them are trolling, but some of them are advocating to pull it down. I was one of those people and I got slapped with a community guidelines violation for hate speech. They pulled the video down. Same thing I got it from. I, I, I have, uh, I have what, what some, do you mean followers? Uh, yeah, you have what? 600,000 followers and they wouldn't yeah, like, they jumped on him for asking to pull this video down. It, it's very, very weird. Yeah. They, they jumped on him. They, they, uh, so his second video he made about it, has been slowed down. He's been shadow banned. He's got like no traction on it because he's advocating against this video. However, the original poster who used this sound, that video is still up and working just fine. It's, it's, it's wow. But of course the guy who posted it is white. So that right. makes, just, that makes know, a difference. I, now, I think it's I'm, just skewed because you go ahead, go ahead. Well, I'm going to say, and I'm going to ask you, Kenya, you work in media. I work in media um, race and sex have always played a played a part in marketing. Do you think when the I, like personally, I think it's gone too far with these apps um, for this to be so heavily based on that. But the argument stands um, that people, you know, want to see certain things, so we gear it towards them. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Do you think this? And so they're arguing this is. That, that behaving this way is a type of protected speech. Do you think it is? Um, yeah, I think that, um, well, it's, it's weird because it's like one person, let's just say, and I, I hate to say it's about white people because I don't want people that are listening to go, dang, this is a black-white thing. Uh, but no, sometimes it's, it's like a, a white person can do, can go all the way left with the thing and nothing happens. Sometimes it gets, they get in trouble. Right. But typically, most times, if people of color go there, it's going down, it, which is an example of like, I mean, you've got the media or we just, we're talking about, but we got, let's just say with the Capitol, when the Capitol got stormed by 90 something percent non-people of color, 
if we had that many black people in front of the Capitol, we would have probably been shot down before we ever got through the gate. Oh, hell yeah. You yes. know, and so, um, yes. you know, that's kind of like what our, the country and what the world has been like. And I think that sometimes, like some people know exactly what they're doing and some don't even know that they have this thing that they're doing because it's never been called out. It's just been this norm. I think unless people themselves have faced sexism, racism, prejudice, um, unless you've faced that yourself in some way, you have absolutely no idea what it's like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it okay. doesn't, I've, I have a friend of mine, he's, he's a white guy and uh, a very good friend of ours. He made the comment he said, I can't, you know, I can't tell you what it's like to uh, for for everyone going through the Black Lives Matter movement. He's like, and he said to him, he's like, you're a 60-year-old fag. You went through this when it wasn't cool. Yeah, you can. That scar on your head's from a bottle cracked over it. He's mm. like, you know exactly what we're going through. And I was like, great, I'm going to repeat that. I'd like to point out the, the people that I'm repeating are both gay guys. This is just a direct quote, so don't get mad at me. Yeah. Um. But he said, you know, if you've experienced it, you're empathetic to it. If you have no empathy to it, you've probably never experienced it. Right. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is what happened to 2020. I think that the world was forced to see certain things. Um, I think even with Meghan Markle and Harry, like, you know, people were forced to see, like, her in headlines, the things that people were saying about her in headlines, you know, even with their issues or whatever, you were forced to go, wait, Mm -hmm. what, (laughs) you know, but you don't know it until it gets exposed. And I think, I think you're dead right there. That's why I was so angry at her for the nonsense. I was like, there's real stuff that needs to be dealt with. Stop fluffing. Like stop the nonsense. (laughs) So we can actually focus on the real stuff. I get that you want, you know, Mm -hmm. like I, I get it. I know a lot of actresses. I work with a lot of actresses. I get it. You need to stop so we can focus on the real stuff. Cause it's, and I said it the night I watched it, I was like, shit, everything she said of value is about to be drowned out by the nonsense. Yeah. Cause she said things of real value, but uh, about mental health, about race, about media, like there were some things of real value there. Not that I'm going to pick on the mm-hmm. media too much cause I work for them, but because yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to bite the hand that feeds me, but uh, that that's the problem. And I think we need to something with Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, he was yeah. you know a pedophile and had a lot of problems, but we still look at him and the good he did. You know, right. Princess Diana was a serial. You know, Prince Charles cheated on her with one guy, with one with one woman. She cheated on him with like three dozen men. Just because a person has some problems or in Michael's case oh, said wow. a few things that were off base. Oh, yeah, it's all, it's all over the place. Um, but because she uh, did so much good, people didn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think in time, yeah. that's what's going to happen with Meghan Markle. People will get past all the nonsense and get to the crux of mental health and race, which is where the problem is. So, yeah, at least sure. I hope they I will. Agree. I have that faith. I have that faith. And we've gone way off track. Can you tell everyone... A little bit about what you do, because one of the questions I have here that's a follower from your channel wants to know, uh, how do you get your stuff to trend? Because I make stuff and it doesn't trend and everyone makes fun of me for being fat. Well, for sure. You don't deserve to be made fun of. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. It's really (laughs) important that like, if you're going to create content that 
Like one, you got to know how to create trending content in general. Um, so if you're trying to start a trend, then it could take a little while for that thing to pick up. But if you're trying to jump in on the trend, then it's really important for you to, in the beginning of your video, whether it's including your caption and your uh, text overlay, and then the first one to two seconds of your video, it's really important that whatever is happening on that screen within that one to two seconds draws people in, right? So there's this trend called the... Um, Release your inhibitions, right? This guy does this dance. And I was like, okay, everybody's doing this, but what's going to cause people to watch my video as this brown 40-year-old lady? So I put on the screen, how did this 40-year-old do with this trend? And the video is doing really well right now on TikTok. I posted it today because I'm like, everybody's doing this. It's going to hit the For You page, but how do I get the, how do I pull them in? And it's the trends, what's happening on screen before, like right the first one, two seconds. I like that. What is the thing that has most inspired you? Um, I, on TikTok or in general? Uh, this was just a general question. Uh, the thing that has inspired me most is, I don't know, I would probably say just watching people in life and like reading books of people that like started with nothing. I mean, they've had the worst hand held like dealt to them. Like I look at someone like Oprah and you've got everything was against her. And then we look at her today. You know, you've got someone like Ellen DeGeneres who everything was against her. And then she comes out as a, um, as a, I don't know the actual term for it. If I won't use it. I don't know what the term is today. Um, you know, as a woman who likes women and stacked against her. But look at her. She's like opening up all the doors for all the people, you know. And so I just look at people that are like, they, they should not have made it, but they did. Now, for you, what's it like to to be at the level you're at? You're an influencer. You have a huge following. Um, what's it like to have the ear and the eyes of so many people? Honestly, it doesn't feel any different. I don't really feel any uh, extra me- measure of responsibility. Granted, I'm a 40-year-old woman who's been doing business for, for the last 20 years, Um I, and I've always spoken out on different things. I've always like defended people, you know, like I've always just kind of been this person. So I don't really, I don't feel any different. I think that maybe if I was somewhere and people were running up to me asking my autograph and all this like bigger stuff was happening, I was on TV. I may feel some type of way, but I don't, I just feel like it's 450,000 people connected on social media. It doesn't feel like it's real life. I think with lockdown kind of ending and everything happening, I think you're going to get that. And I think that will change yeah. just, just personally because I know friends that have come out and gotten big online and they realize, shit, you know, this, this happens after they get out of lockdown. It's that kind of a wet cat moment where they're like, oh, my God, I got famous while I was sitting at home. Um, yeah. So and think, now you have all this think, extra attention on you, too. You have all these uh, – yep. you're going to start getting, as you said, recognized by being on TV. But, no, it's going to start coming from social media if you have a platform. Mm-hmm. People are stopping you for hugs, photos, autographs, all the fun mm-hmm. stuff. Wait, wait for it. It's coming. Now, we have about That's four minutes funny. left. Um, what advice do you have for people in, in media, for people on social media, people that want to, to set their future there? For sure. I would say you've got to get very clear on who you are and where you're trying to go with it. Otherwise, like, as you start creating content, if one thing goes viral somewhere, 
then people try to stick their fork in it. That's who you are. That's all that you are. You know, like as people started finding out about me on TikTok, people wanted to pigeonhole to me as a TikToker. And I had to remind people, hey, no, I'm a business and branding expert. And I use TikTok to market my products and services. So, like, it's important for you to know who you are. Otherwise, you will be made by that thing that you're putting out, right? And it's important for you to clean up your life. Because the, if you start going out there and putting things out, you know, like you start growing, people going to pull stuff, right? They're going to pull and find something they want to want to put it on blast, um, especially if you're really not a good person. You know, you've got to clean up your life, clean up yourself. You know what I mean? Like you've got someone like there's a guy, Derek Jackson, who's a big relationship guru, millions and millions of followers, and it's all his mistresses have come out about him cheating on his wife. I mean, it's been crazy all this week because – he was preaching one message and being somebody totally different. So I would encourage a person to figure out who you are and be that authentically and don't, don't lie. Cause if you lie once you got to keep on lying. And that's the thing with social media, people do, they feel they've got an in. Uh, one of the comments I got, you know, that we, we keep getting about you is, Oh my God, I watch her. I, and people talk about you like they know you cause you're in their living oh, room. So when amazing. people, yeah, they, they love you. And when, and I get what you're saying. When you're, if, if people don't show authenticity, then what ends up happening is people feel betrayed because they felt like that's why they sat there and watched you was for the authentic you. Yeah. Um, exactly. Now about that's two- why I like being fully me. It's so, it's so much easier to be fully me than something else. I agree with that. We have one minute left. Can you tell everyone where to find you? For sure. You guys can find me. I spend a lot of my time on Instagram at Kenya Kelly and then all the social medias is everything. Kenya Kelly and KenyaKelly.com. Beautiful. Guys, check her out. I'm going to put up her links. Um, she is amazing. I watch her and follow her just because she's she's entertaining as hell, but she also puts up a lot of good advice. Um, thank you to my very special guest, co-host Bear Fiorda. You can find him on social media at Bear Fiorda everywhere. He just punches people a lot. That's, that's kind of what he does. He punches people for money. Um, thank you for joining us. I know we got on that uh, on the uh Meghan Markle topic today and I know we have about 800 questions to Kenya that we didn't get to many about Meghan Markle this has just taken over media good god you guys threw the English out let's leave it that way um I'm kidding it's it's my monarchy I love them uh we are gonna go we'll be back on again I'm Summer Helene thank you to Kenya Kelly check her out she is phenomenal she has great advice we'll see you next week good night Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.